Hey guys, it's Dawn. If you would like to hear the How My Parents Raised Me podcast ad-free, and if you would like access to subscriber-only episodes, join me in the What's the Truth community. You can join via the Apple Podcast app. There's a link right there in the app. Or go to whatsthetruth.supercast.com. Links are in the show notes. Don't miss out on all the extra content I'm sharing. I can't wait to see you over there. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. As I was being heard, I was actually starting to heal the women. They would give me this hug. Oh my God. And they said, Jules, we'll see you tomorrow. I had not been told something like that since I was a little girl. Mm. I had so many layers of armor that I would never have allowed anything like that to permeate me. It was those hugs that kept me coming back the next day and the next day and the next day. Welcome to How My Parents Raised Me. I'm Dawn Chitty. When we are born, we arrive here as pure and perfect souls. And the direction our life takes from that moment is deeply connected to what our parents bring to our lives. And what our parents bring to our lives is deeply connected to what their parents brought to their lives. And that's the cycle of families. I have always craved connection with real and raw stories to understand what makes you, you. What makes you the absolutely unique human that you are. Stories are medicine for the soul. They can connect us and they can change the world. And so in this podcast, I'm listening to beautiful souls sharing their story. What happened to them, how they got through and how they have healed and thrived despite everything to arrive right here in this moment. Content warning, if you are triggered by the themes of this podcast, please seek a helpline in your city. Hey beautiful souls, welcome back to the podcast. This week we have part two of Jules' story. Last week we heard that Jules grew up in 
a lovely little family unit with a mum and a dad and life seemed to be pretty good. Her dad was an alcoholic and he was struggling with a lot of things and when she was seven years old her dad came home and because he was struggling his best choice in that moment was to try and commit a family suicide. This changed life for Jules and her mum forever. They fled. They ended up as part of another family when her mother partnered up with a new husband. And Jules got lost in all of that. Um, There was sexual abuse. There was a lot of abandonment. But please go back and listen to the first part of Jules' story because it's really important to hear what she has to say. But we left her story just as she was in this random situation where she was sitting in the back of a car, two women in the front who she didn't really know that well. They were friends of friends. And she just said out loud, I just wish I didn't drink so much. And these women were recovering alcoholics themselves. They took her straight to a meeting. This was the start of Jules turning her life around. She landed up in this support group where you can just feel the love coming from these other women, just the love and the support and the hugs. Please do check the show notes for a link to Jules's book, her memoir, The Making of a Woman from the Inside Out. So please join me now in hearing part two of Jules' story. These people, especially the women, they would give me this hug. Oh my God. And they said, Jules, we'll see you tomorrow. I had not been told something like that since I was a little girl. Mm. I had so many layers of armor on me that I would never have allowed anything like that to permeate me. And so it was those hugs that kept me coming back the next day and the next day and the next day. And so, you know, at at nine months, I was able to finally, for my first time ever in my life, age 35, I put an apartment in my own name. It was such a big deal. Like I had my own job. I had my own checking account. I mean, oh my God, I've arrived. Looking back at it now, I couldn't imagine living in those circumstances, but it was golden when I was getting sober. It was exactly what I needed. And so over the course of probably about three years till I really got my feet underneath me and and really, really felt like somebody as opposed to some uh, disgrace. Right. And so and it's been absolutely unbelievable. I didn't even know that I was capable of giving the love that I do today and even receiving it and even outside the rooms of recovery. So it's been a totally transferring transformation of my life oh that's so beautiful just just all of that love that's it's just love isn't it I mean you've gone through your whole life with no real love and then all of a sudden you find these people and it's just they just want to see you tomorrow they just want to love you they just want to hug you they want to hear you Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. I love that. And so you talk about how this, this all just happened, like you're sitting in the back of a car, you meant <laughs> you mentioned that about drinking. And do you feel that, that this is like a connection to God, 
or the universe or what do you feel that that is? You know, I can't deny it that it isn't something bigger than me because again, it's like, look at, look at where my decisions landed me, you know, and they were my, my best intentions. You know, how is it possible that I was sitting in the back of that car at that time of day with those two people and that came out of my mouth and to be in a meeting within a 30 minute window and, and, and to look back that those, those three bottoms that I hit, I gave everything and I couldn't, that was the best, that was the best outcome. And so I do believe that there's something much bigger than me. And coming into the rooms, I was not comfortable with the word God. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there. I don't like it. I didn't want to be a follower. I mean, I just, I had a really big ego. And so for me, it was higher power, which then became an HP. <laughs> and I think I was about three months sober. And like you're saying in Texas, it's wickedly hot. It's like walking out into soup sometimes here. And so I come out of a, an air conditioned meeting and, you know, it had happened to be about the topic was about, you know, God or this higher power universe, whatever we call it. And, and it just struck me. I, in the middle of that soupy hot weather, sun baking down, I felt this whirl of wind and it just like, it, like it lifted my hair up. I was just like, <gasps> and it, it just, I just froze. And I was like, that's God, that right there. Because there's nobody in the whole world that could do that right there. Like nobody else could do that. That's totally God. And so I took that little granule <laughs> of hope of a God and I just, I just held on to it. So anytime I would be out doing something and the wind would blow or whatnot, I would just, I would stop and just relish and be like, oh, that's my God, just giving me a big hug. I mean, that's what I was working with, but it, it worked, it worked. And so of course now I've, I've been able to like really expand upon that and really see, you know, this, this entity in other people and the journeys they're on. You know, one of the amazing things is I get to see now that I'm in a better space, I can really hold space for other people as they're going along their journey. And I know dang well that there is nothing I can do to make them change it. Like they have to change it. Just like I was the one who said, yeah, let's go to that meeting. Like I cannot, if somebody, you know, five years before that would have said, you know, Jules, you really, you're drinking a little bit too much. You probably should go and go to detox. It would have never happened. So now I have this ability to be like, yeah, you, you are a hot mess. <laughs> and I love you right where you're at. What is it that I can help you with? But I know that I can't change them. So there's a lot of acceptance in that as well. Yeah. And when you were growing up, obviously, you would look back and think that nobody was watching over you. How do you reconcile that with there being a God with everything that happened to you? The way I came to acceptance with that is that there had to have been a God because I survived it. And I have now learned to look at things without judgment. So as I look at this timeline that I've have on my journey of life, you know, the first half, this stuff was, you know, I endured this and the second half I'm enduring this and one could not have happened without the other. 
And so I am in great understanding and appreciation that there was a source. And if I look at it of no judgment, so in other words, it's not good, it's not bad, it just is. It allows me to take the judgment out of that. So I don't know, even know if it was good, bad, or indifferent, right? But ultimately, this is something I endured with a source alongside of me, because now that I'm on the other side of this, look at what I have to give. So I, it had to have happened. And I'm not saying it was lovely or that it was pretty and I wish to do it again. Absolutely not. <laughs> but I'm totally grateful that it did and that I did survive it with, with the guidance or with the partnership, we're say, of, of a higher being. Because now I have the voice and the understanding of what other people who are coming across that bridge, I have those, I have the words to talk with them. I have that empathy that I would have never had if I would not have endured that. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you say, it's not good, it's not bad, it just is. And that's, that's, that's really releasing, isn't it? Because I suppose we all hold on to so many things that were bad, you know, all the things that happened to us. Mm -hmm. And if we can think of it that way, because yourself and so many people have been through really, really hard things. And it is hard to let those things go. But just to be able to look at it that way, it is really releasing, I think. You know what? It totally is. And then, and again, it's not that I am minimizing any of it. It's none of that. I, I've, done, I've done my work and I've gone through these healing processes and these learning curves. And I'm not saying that at all, but think about, like you said, is it's releasing. It allows me freedom. So even if I apply that to the crappy boss I may have at the office, it's not good, it's not bad. Better yet, it's just him. Yeah. Like it, it, it totally opens you up for so much more. And I try to look at it also like, you know, think about how many millions of people, millions and millions of people are on this planet. I am a pin drop and I have no idea what the big picture is just like I didn't know what the big picture was when I was seven or eight. So what it's done is it allows me just to be the best person I can be today. And just, it's, it's not good. It's not bad. It just is. Yeah. It's yeah. That's so, so good. So good. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And on this journey that you've been on with healing, can you talk about some of the 
the good modalities, the, the things that have really helped you along on your journey? Absolutely. I was, you know, kind of as my story shows, I was very independent, was very guarded. I didn't trust anybody. And again, just because I got sober didn't mean that that all went away. <laughs> and so, so I was not real big at like group therapy or none of that stuff. I'm just, I was never, I just did not want to do that. So a lot of my healing has been through, of course, the rooms of recovery, you know, that in itself, hearing and, you know, other people's stories, it's, it's amazingly healing and hold space for people. Another modality that I've done is just, there's a place in the States here and it was a workshop, like at a treatment center that I stayed over, I think four or five days. And that talked about, and we learned about, you know, the trauma, traumatized child, you know, and what are some of the behaviors and why do I do some of the things I do? I've gone to Hazelden, for instance, for a weekend with, you know, inner child work. Again, a lot of that stuff, semantics was a big deal for me. <laughs> kind of like the God thing, right? It's like, oh no, but we can call them HP, right? Or it, HP. I've also done some energy work, which I found to be very, very powerful. You know, our bodies are pretty much made up of molecular energy. And so if, if feelings are, you know, that's what emotions are, the movement of feelings. And so I was able to do a lot of work and remove a lot of the, the stuff that my, my body has been carrying. Also, I must have been about five years sober and I started getting into bodybuilding. And I found it initially as a way for me to release a lot of the angst and the anger and all the rage that I could not get out through words. And so I would go and I would work out, like for instance, under legs or, you know, a leg press or whatnot. And I would just, it's almost, it was therapeutic. I would push all of this weight. And again, I'm moving, I'm moving things. And so, you know, I was able to release some of the trauma that way, you know? So I have found though, that source for me works in all ways, you know, it's not just going, you know, into the rooms of recovery or into this particular Bible or this religion or minus things, even as simple as what we're doing right now, right? This is resonating with me. I'm, I'm okay. You know, God's telling me like, let's, let's listen up here. This might be an awesome opportunity. So I've really had to redefine therapy because it's all over. Source will work through anything possible. So I've learned a lot through books I've read, you know, a random YouTube video that's crossed my path. You know, it's, it's been a little bit of everything. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. And, and what about your relationship now? Are you in a stable relationship? I am. I am. I, I had, let's see, I was probably about, gosh, I would say like, eight years sober and I was having this conversation with my HP you know every night I'd pray and say thanks for the things that you know how the day went and looked at some of the things that I probably messed up on and at the end I said you know I know you know me better than anybody but I would really love to find somebody I could fall head over heels in love with but I know that if it's not time I am totally cool with being patient and you know and so I just went to bed went on with my day you know and I think it was just a few days later and I I found myself like almost like what am I doing and I'm putting up this profile on, on you know on okcupid.com and I'm just like this is so cheesy I am way too old to be doing this and it was probably you know like 
within the week. This gentleman writes this beautiful email, completely impresses me. I say, sure, we'll go to coffee. And we've been together for eight years now, oh. been married for, for six of those years. And holy crap, I would have never picked this one. <laughs> and, and God did know best because he is the most patient and understanding person that I've ever met. I mean, I have gone through growth spurts that were so ugly. And it, it, for instance, I was in my bathroom, I'm having a fit, I'm throwing out all this crap underneath my sink and I'm like, God, this place is a mess. And I'm just having this mini meltdown. And, and he walks in and of course his eyes are as big as saucers thinking, oh my God, what do I do with her? And the first thing that came out of his mouth is, how can I help? Mm. Oh my God, <laughs> completely diffused diffused any rage, any anger. And I was like, are you kidding me? I need you to help me clean this mess up. And <laughs> so it was like, I could not have asked for him because girl, I would have picked the wrong one. I know I would have picked the wrong one. <laughs> wow, that's, that's just so amazing. I love that so much. <laughs> the perfect person for you. <laughs> and so you've been 14 years, it was 14 years sober. What keeps you on track? How do you stop falling off of being on that sober path? You know, I'm fortunate that I never fell off. I think what takes people out or resort back to that is because life becomes too uncomfortable. I drank to push my feelings down, both good and bad. And so today I practice meditation, which started out with like 10 seconds, 15 seconds. I mean, again, baby, baby steps. I, I circle myself with people who love me enough to call me on my stuff. It's a really big thing, really big thing. Most people don't want to hurt your feelings, but I have people say, I just recently was told, girl, don't you be painting those red flags green. <laughs> it's like, okay. So I have that kind of people, that kind of network. I, I also journal. I journal every evening before I go to bed and when I wake up. So anything that might still be sticky, I'm, I'm writing about it. And again, it's kind of like I'm being heard. I'm bringing it out. And then I also enjoy scuba diving and I love being on the ocean. There is so much healing by being by water. And so anytime I go there, it is like me going to a resort, you know, for a weekend. It's just it's refreshing, it's simple, and it's just divine. Oh, that sounds beautiful. I love water too. And so what do you think the future holds for you now? How bright is your future? You know, it's, it's been bright since the day I stopped drinking. It continues to get brighter and brighter. You know, people will ask that, especially now. You know, I've written this book. I've had some amazing feedback. I get to do things like this. And, you know, what's next? And and I find that if I get in that spot, that's very cerebral for me. And my mind and my ego will shoot it out to the point where we're going to be making a movie, right? But I think what's our, it's already happening. Like, that's what's next. It's already happening. I'm talking to you. This is going to talk to, you know, how many, you know, hundreds of people, you know, my book is going to get into somebody's hands, you know, so it's already happening. Yeah. And I was also reminded that 
maybe the book wasn't written for anybody but for me. So maybe this is just one more step of my healing process. It's, it, so I, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm grateful to say I really don't know because that means I'm not in the driver's seat. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So your book is called The Making of a Woman from the Inside Out. It's your mm -hmm. memoir. And what do you want us to know about this book? Where can we connect with you and where can we find the book? The website, www.themakingofawoman.com. On there, you'll see, I mean, you'll just see everything that we've been doing over the last year. Of course, various podcasts that, that people can listen to, my upcoming events, those sorts of things. I'm very active on social media, and I'm grateful that we have that channel to be able to interact with people all over the world. And I encourage anybody who has that calling or something's resonating with them to reach out to me. I answer all my own social media. I don't have anybody else working that. And so that's very personal for me, truly, truly uh, in people to do that. But one thing about the book, when I sat down and started writing it, I did not want to put any more trauma and dark darkness in the world. And so as you read the book, you're going to be able to relate with me through the language of the heart. Everybody knows what excitement feels like, despair, fear, anger. Those are the vehicles that I take you through my story with. We, you know, of course, talk situational, but really that's what it, that's what my book focuses on because really that's the bottom line. Every, stories change. It's, it's the feelings that we endure. Yeah, I love that. Taking it through a journey of the heart. That's so beautiful. Jules, thank you so much for connecting yeah. with us, sharing your story. Everything that you've said just resonates so much and oh. you're just such a beautiful light and you've got so much wisdom to share. And thank you so much. And please go out and find Jules, connect with her, buy her book and hear her full story. And thank you so much for connecting with us today. Gosh, thank you. I really appreciate this. This has been fun. Thank you for being on this journey of healing and community with me. If you are ready to manifest and create the life you really want for yourself, please go to dawnchitty.com. If you listen on Apple, I would love it if you could take a moment to post a review for the podcast. It would mean a lot. Check the show notes for all links recommended in this episode. If you're on Instagram, follow me at my big love project and please Share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. Thank you for joining me. You are such an incredible soul because you are you. You are unique. Your journey is unique and you can absolutely change the world with your story. Your time is precious and I so appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining me. I'll catch you next week. 
That's stamps.com code program.